Sam, we said when we'd get to 500 followers on Spotify and iTunes, mum would cook us our favourite meal. And guess what, Josh? I'm feeling pretty full. Why is that? Because we got there. But we don't stop here. We don't. Because we had our favourite meal, but now we want our favourite drive-thru. Yeah. McDonald's. We do. Mum said she'd take us through McDonald's if we get more followers. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow on Spotify. Keep listening. Get us fed. Hello? Hello, who's this? Who's this? My name's Sam, and I'm here with my brother Josh. And we're just doing a podcast and we just ring random people and we're just inquiring what your comfort food is. Like, for example, Josh and I are just here talking about if we're feeling a bit sorry for ourselves on a Sunday, like I just love a big lasagna. I'm just wondering if you'd be able to answer what your comfort food is. Oh, it'd have to be probably my mother's crumb cutlets, some mashed potato. With a bit of gravy? Yeah, of course. Oh, that is just sensational. Any other, any greens or anything like that? Or is it just sort of the mashed potato chicken protein set up? Um, some broccolini. Or if Dad's got some snow peas going in the garden, they're not bad with it either. We love it. Thanks so much for taking our call today. No worries. Sam, Bromley Lynch is like the morning paper. It's got your personal column. It's got your news. And it's got your quiz, Josh. This is Bromley Lynch. Josh, I'm a little bit worried about your (laughs) knowledge when it comes to cutlets. I mean, you don't see cutlets on chickens. You see them on lambs. I just realised that as uh, we were talking. But, yeah, that's my mistake, that one. I I, I I don't eat crumb cutlets all that often, as you you well know, because I've just called them chicken. My comfort food, Sam, yours is lasagna. Yep. I reckon, like, I love, like, the old school tuna pasta that oh, yeah. that, that mum used to cook. Oh, yeah. That was a that's a real comfort food. It's quick, easy. You know what you're getting with it, and I think that's all about the comfort food. You know what you're getting. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and that's what I and Sam. This time of year, the winter sort of rolls in, and it's time for the the comfort food. Well, speaking of winter, Josh, yeah. did you want to you you put out a thing on the socials last week? Yeah, about knowing that it's winter. The, the total signs of knowing that the winter is coming. And I think it's it's been, it's it's knocking down the door at the moment. It's mid-May to late-May. That's when it, you really know that winter is coming. I don't think it's knocking. You think it's I here? I think it's here. It's in the door. No, it's it's in the door. It's, it's come abruptly. Yeah. Yep. It's open the door, it's in. So the other day I, I even had a knit on at, at work. I think what suggests winter is layers and zips. Yeah. So you're zipping, you're unzipping, your jackets, those sorts of things, beanies, clothes. Uh, you've, you've really got to time the washing, yep. I believe. I reckon you've got to time your washing to perfection. Look at the seven-day forecast mm-hmm. and see is there any sort of time that I can hang my washing out, you know, linen, those sorts of things. But, Sam, I wanted to put it out there to the Bromley Lynch family, yep. the community, and we wanted to get some people who are listening, some involvement into the, into the show. Yep. And we wanted to see what they think indicates winter. Yep. And we've got a couple here. So we've got Eddie Tassel. I'm going to play Eddie Tassel. And thank you for everyone sending in their voice records. We obviously couldn't get to everyone. No. So, Sam, here we've got Eddie Tassel. Sammy, Josh, a uh, few uh, indicators that the winter is nearing uh, would have to be flannelette sheets on the cot. The sheets have changed over. Yeah, you've got the flannelette sheets in bed, nice and warm. Another one is the old girl cracking out the slow cooker on a Sunday especially. A nice hearty stew or a casserole. 
and also uh, swoop season. Swoop season and homemade sausage rolls, pretty evident in our household. Sam, it's um, casseroles and and soups I don't think are even mentioned in the summer months. No. If you're mentioning casseroles slow cooker in the summer months, there's something wrong with you. Absolutely. And the, the flannelette sheets is oh. one I really enjoyed. I'm not usually one to bring out the flannelette sheets till around the late June period. No. Nah, right. I, I don't want to get too warm too early. Right. I really want to ease myself into it. No, 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 no. Sam, if you've got them there at your disposal, you bring them in. That's my saying. Josh, do you ever wear the flannelette pajamas? Remember, oh. the, remember wearing the flannelette pajamas as a kid? And, you know, you'd wear the, the full-length pants that end up up to your knees overnight. Like, it just was a really restrictive way to sleep. But the parents just wanted you warm. No, 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 Sam. But the, the flannelette sheet's big indicator. Sam, we've got another one. We've got, got Seb Walsh. Okay, Seb Walsh here. Now, this is a bit of a long one, but he gets to the point. Yeah, g'day, boys. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller here. Uh, look, what signifies winter's arrived for me would be Probably that feeling of, um, you know, you're running a bit late for work, you've you've had to have a quick shower, so your salad's still a bit wet, and you, you roll outside to your car, about to jump in, and you realise the bastard's frosted over. So you're thinking, ah, oh, jeez, what can I do here? So you grab a bucket of cold water, you throw that over the front, you get it a bit on your hands, you're freezing, job's not done, so you got to get the bank card out, and you're fumbling, you, you can't feel your fingers, and you've got to scratch all that ice off. Finally, that you think the job's done, and you jump in the car, and... The bloody windscreen, it's its, it's bloody mist everywhere, so you've got to chuck the aircon on and, you know, it's just not the ideal start to your day and you sort of think to yourself, well, this is what I've got to cop for the next few months, so a bit grim. Josh, we know all about that. Yeah. Okay, we we are from the Ballarat region, which is tends to get extremely cold, especially overnight, and if you're parking your car out the front, bad luck. Now, Josh, we've mentioned a few times on the Bromley Lynch that... We used to work at Woolworths. Woolworths. Now, we used to start at 5 o'clock in the morning. So, you're leaving your door at about 4.45? No. No, 4.50? No, no we lived around the corner. Yeah. So, we were like 5.53 operators, 4.53 operators, yeah. I believe. But, Josh, the, it would be so frozen over and we just couldn't be bothered dealing with the situation that we would both, the driver, whoever was driving would drive with their head out the window, <laughs> with their head out the window on a minus three degree Ballarat morning. Just so they could see up to the to the Woolworths. It's like the scene out of The Dark Knight where yeah. the Joker's got his head out the window. Yeah. That was one of us getting going to the Woolies. And then I think the other person in the passenger seat wound the window yeah. down and made sure there was no incoming traffic. It's it's all about preparation when you're living in places like that. So it is. For, for example, with Seb, you've got to fill up a few milk cartons of water. <laughs> The night before. And have it in the car. And have it in the car, ready to go. Yeah. All right. And slam on the, the windscreen wipers straight away so it helps get rid of that, that ice. Yeah. And you know, like, you're really earning your day. You are. You're earning... You're not even... Like, if you're driving to work, work starts earlier than the, the, the said time. Like, if you've got 8 o'clock... Adjust. Like if, you're, if you are in the car working on the water and working on the frost, you're clocked on at 7.30. You are. Okay? It starts there. So, we'll go one more. Yep. This is Sam Daddo. Just sneaks up on you. One night you go to bed, next morning you wake up nice and early to take the dog for a walk and bang, sneaks up on you. Your nipples are so hard you can juice a lemon. <laughs> nipples are so hard you can juice a lemon. That's never indicated winter to me. No, that no, is a fabulous saying though. <laughs> that is great. But it does sneak up on you. Like it, you know it's coming, but there, there is one night, and I had that night the other night, and I'm like, nah, winter is here. It's coming. You keep juicing those lemons, Sam Dado. <laughs> exactly you keep right. juicing those lemons. Sam, for those unsure, 
in the podcast or in the show, we've mentioned one man. Yep. And he's sort of an enigma. Yep. And it's David Rush. Yes. David Rush is the man that breaks the record. He does. He's the record breaker. And we're not talking fastest 100 meter sprint. No. We're not talking the tallest man alive because no. you don't have control over that. He just breaks these obscure records. Yep. Sammy's done another one. So, for example, just to give some people some context, yep. the longest time hitting three balloons up in the air without them hitting the ground, about an hour 17. The fastest 10 metres with a balloon stuck to your face. Yep. If you want to go back over the archives, please have a look. There was another one. Balancing, balancing. balancing on while juggling swords yep. or something like that. Just ridiculous, ridiculous uh, achievements. He's, he's, gone, he's gone again. He's gone again. Sam, this is more obscure than i've ever heard david rush has broken the half marathon record whilst wearing the most t-shirts oh wow interesting <laughs> sam he's 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 ran an, a time of two hours 47 minutes and 55 seconds for the for half, half marathon which is a good effort mm-hmm. have a guess how many t-shirts he wore so you I'm wear guessing a lot. Common commonplace says one t-shirt. One t-shirt yeah. for a marathon. Yeah. That's great. You get hot no matter where you're running. You will get hot. Rarely meet a person wearing more than one t-shirt. Rarely. Yeah. Five t-shirts. Sam, 111. He t-shirt. wore 111 t-shirts. <laughs> 111 t-shirts. Sam, he did it under stress because by the end of it, he couldn't feel his hands or his feet because circulation had been cut off so david rush has got and it took him 25 minutes to put all these t-shirts on and then run this this 21 k's so david rush we're still trying to get him on because i want to know why god his mother and father must be proud of him <laughs> they must be so proud of David. But the best is his support crew yeah the support crew is the wife who is just you know we talk about like wives and girlfriends in sport yeah now, she is the ultimate she is his biggest fan Sam, she is the timer yeah. she is the she is the judge Sam, she's the judge yeah she's everything so david rushwatch i just want to do that for our listeners because i know that they would be interested to know that what david is up to Josh, we're going to take a jump through history. We uh, love jumping. We do. So recently you dove into the history of the Big Day Out, a festival in Australia. Yep. I've decided to jump in. I've heard about this this war. Okay, yep. so we all know about World War One, Gallipoli, um, you know, the Australians in World War Two fighting in Kokoda, yep. Yep. Um, the Boer War even before the yep. World War One, Vietnam War. Yep. We all know a little bit about these wars. Yep, yep, yep. But do you know about the, the Great Emu War of 1932? I don't know about the Great Emu War. But Josh, you've heard our producers talk oh, about it. SD, Sammy card. Dull, SD card has a bit of an infatuation with the, the Emu War. And I'm just, you know, all he would do is walk around like an emu and just be like, guys, <laughs> you've got to learn about the Emu War. So I thought, fuck it. Let's, I'm going to go in and do some research. Do you know one thing before? We, I haven't seen an emu for ages. Not in the wild. I've not seen an emu for a long time. Well, Josh... You should have been in WA in 1932 because you would have seen a shitload of emus. <laughs> right? There's a lot of emus. 20,000. 20, upwards of 20,000 emus in 1932. So what happened was all these farmers in yep. WA, not near Perth, uh, it was actually between uh, halfway between Perth and Kalgoorlie. Yep. Right? So all these farmers, obviously very dry sort of area, um, and these farmers were growing crops, a lot of wheat, all that sort of stuff. I'm, yep. not, I'm not too good with the agronomy of all these yep. places. Yeah, no, um, right. But what was happening was these emus were just 
destroying the crops. They were eating the crops. Eating, they were destroying the crops. Stamping on the them. livelihood. The livelihood of these farmers and their families, especially in the Great Depression, nineteen thirty-two. Yeah. that was that was around the time of the Great Depression. And you don't want anything like it's already hard enough, let yep. alone when there's emus ruining things. So what did these farmers do? They petitioned to try and get rid of these emus. All right. So like a. A culling of the emus. Now, guys, I just before we get into this, yep. I just want to make sure that you guys know that not a lot of emus died in the in the war. Yep. All right, and you'll find out why shortly. What they did, the farmers, was petition to the defence minister at the time, and the defence minister thought, "All right, we're going to help these farmers out." A lot of them were actually ex ex soldiers of the Great War. So they've gone the defence minister. Defence minister. So the Josh. person in yep. charge of protecting Australia. Shout out. Generally by army, naval, yep. whatever yep. it might have been. Exactly right. So what they've done is they've sent over to WA these yeah. two brand new spanking machine guns <laughs> and a bunch of soldiers and a major, Major Meredith was his name, but, Yeah, to go and get rid of these emus. <laughs> now, one of the first mistakes they made was they basically only sent them over with 10,000 bullets yeah. for 20,000 emus. Not enough. Not a great maths. Not enough. Not, Not great enough. maths. Not now, enough. they're probably doing the same maths classes as us, Josh. <laughs> yeah. And for those who don't know, Josh and I didn't do maths after your 10. Counting cars. Counting cars. a big lesson for us. Yeah. Going over to Wendery Village <laughs> and just counting what takeaway people had was one of the, the things that we had to do. Now, what happened, Josh, was there was actually the first sort of day of the war was rained out, mm. uh, but the second day was fine, ready to go. You've got the army, you've got the machine guns, mm -hmm. they're ready to hunt these emus. And WA is obviously an expansive place. Yeah, uh, it's huge. So they, fa they found it pretty hard to actually just try and track down the emus. You know, nowadays you just chuck a drone up there and you'd be like, they're, they're there. Yeah. Not back in 1932. No, no, no. So then what happened was they spotted about 50 and they sort of chased after, they snuck around, tried to get them, didn't get one. All right, 50 emus. Couldn't hit one emu. All right. <laughs> then, Josh, on the 4th of November, yeah. all right, a few days after the, the battle had begun, yeah. Major Meredith receives intelligence that up to 1,000 emus were at this local dam. All right. So there was obviously a Judas among the emus who's <laughs> gone and sort of revealed the location of, of these emus. I mean, imagine watching that emu go talk to Major Meredith. They're just there. Undercover. Or well, one of the soldiers is dressed up as like an emu. So, so what's happened was, Josh, is then they've gone to try and track down these 1,000 emus. What happened was they could hardly hit them. Yeah. They could hardly hit them. You've got to think about emus. Fast. Yeah. All right. They're not that massive like they got really skinny necks big big body but long skinny necks yeah, yeah. long legs yeah but josh they reckon that the emus actually like this went on for days and days they reckon the emus actually worked out like how far away they had to be from the humans to not be affected by the bullets and all this sort of stuff like and they worked out like formations to run in when the the um, machine gun trucks were coming what actually what major meredith said is in a quote is if we had a military division with a bullet carrying capacity of these birds it would face any army in the world <laughs> all right they can face machine guns with the invulnerability of tanks all right so basically saying if an emu had a machine gun the world would be gone okay there would, they, there would be no army in the world that would defeat these emus josh it got to the point where one of the drivers one of the soldiers yeah. had to go kamikaze all right, so he decided, enough's enough with the machine guns. Rogue. We're driving and we're going to try and run over these <laughs> emus. 
So he tries to jump, he tries to run over this emu and pulls up next to it. And the emu's head went through the windscreen and the emu sort of like grabbed onto the steering wheel and drove it into a fence. What? So Josh, this emu was like, one, the soldier was trying to be kamikaze. Two, not smart enough for the emu. The emu (laughs) breaks into the car and basically drives it into a fence and ruins the fence of the humans. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. How long did this last? Josh, it lasted like quite some time, a few weeks, but it got to the point where they actually, like they did hit a few emus. Yeah, yeah, obviously. obviously. But they hit one with the car and it was found to have five bullets in it. And before they hit it with the car, like they hadn't shot it or anything, but it obviously been shot before. Yeah. And this thing was just walking around normally. Jesus Christ. So they had all this like, Basically, this tough exterior, like tanks. Terminator. Terminator emus. That is frightening. Yeah, Josh. So, it didn't last too long. Obviously, mm. they didn't do enough. Yeah. The, no. the, the actual trained military so men. What, what actually happened was, in the end, they used about 2,500 rounds of ammunition. Yeah. All right. Okay. And in the time of the Great Depression, bullets were really expensive. Oh, so, they had, to with, they had to withdraw. <laughs> they had to withdraw after killing... I think between 50 and 200 emus. Yeah. Now I might be fact checked on that, but they are not a lot of, not a lot of emus went down in the Battle of the Emu War. Doesn't say a lot about the Australian Army. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, you got to go and look. Like it was fascinating to me because then I went and looked at videos of emus getting angry. It is frightening. <laughs> Josh, trust me. Go and have a look at on YouTube of emus getting angry. It is. They are dinosaurs. Really? They are full-on dinosaurs. And they run up to like speeds attack? of 50 k's per hour. And they do like this weird <laughs> clawy thing. Like it is freaky to watch. Okay. Imagine this emu war happening now in the age of social media. I know. Like, and you'd see, and seeing vision of it. Like that is quite incredible. Well, it's actually funny you say it because you, you stumble up a, you know, amongst other videos yep. and it's videos from that time. And it's like the big news reel yeah that it was shown in the movie cinemas at the time because they didn't have news back then like television news and it was like the emu was like you know know, and like the the, you can see the soldiers (laughs) the soldiers no they're like showing you know it's like when the journos would go to the war zone and say look at what our troops were up to it was the same for the emu war yeah they were what like film of troops walking around like in crouching in bushes did any soldiers get injured well I'm guessing the one the that got ran into the kamikaze one got injured. Fancy telling the grandkids, like, I went to war. I went to war. I went to war. You know, Gallipoli? No. Yeah, no. 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 Vietnam? No. 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 WA. <laughs> the worst enemy we've ever encountered in Australia, on Australian shores. What were they? What were they, Papa? Emus. Emus. <laughs> emus. You couldn't even fight some emus. <laughs> oh. But uh, no, that, See, that, Josh, I thought, you know, that's something that really spooked my interest. Good, I, good now research. I know why our producer, yeah. uh, Sammy Dalton, walks around like an emu, yeah. right? Because he, he sees these people as his hero. Speaking of emus, remember the old classic when you're on a school camp or an excursion and you had a, a messy area? Yes. And you emu had, Bob. The emu Bob. Yeah. The teacher said emu Bob. And everyone knew what an emu Bob was. Yeah. Where you go around, you pretend you're an emu. And you pick up rubbish. Now, I thought that was for cleaning purposes, but now I know it's for paying homage to the, <laughs> to the great emus of the Great Emu War. Sam, brilliant research. Thank you. Great very, job. Thank you very much. Josh. Yes. We've got a special guest. We do. Chloe Malloy. Chloe, Sammy, welcome. Special guest. Yes. Thanks for joining us. No, no, no. Sam, I don't, know, I don't know if Chloe remembers, but at this, the end of last year, yep. 
I was at a local establishment <laughs> down in Torquay. Oh, yes. And I was with a few friends and you weren't there no, at, this, at this stage. Just context. Yeah. I have worked with Chloe before. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's why we know each other. Yeah. And yeah. Chloe's obviously a very good AFLW player for yeah. Collingwood. Absolutely. So I'm sitting, I'm standing around like in the beer garden and like Chloe starts like wandering about <laughs> and like walking past, but like giving these looks and I'm like looking at her and I'm like, Hold on a second, what's going on here? And she's like, Sam. She like walked through the, the group of boys I was with, the group of people. That's so, the confidence yeah, on me. I know, it was so <laughs> serious. Sam. And I'm like, nah, 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 I'm not Sam. I'm, I'm Josh, Sam's twin brother. She's like, no way. No way. Oh, it's a drinks down by the house. Some of the reactions you get when you tell them that you're the other person's twin brother. Oh, I know. The, I remember it. I was yeah. like, I was not convincing. Nah, I wasn't no. having it. I had to show photos. Oh, really? oh Sam, I was photos. Yeah, you weren't blind. Sam, not, I was on trial for like yeah, a good two I was minutes. interrogating. Yeah, yeah. So, but then we had like a good chin wag and yeah it's good and now you're now in the same here. room and it's like creepy that's great right. is it sober? creepy so chloe a lot of us obviously know that you're an aflw player for collingwood but what is it that you do in your i suppose spare time <laughs> well i'm still working we work together at fox footy so i'm working yep. in, with fox sports news now so doing yep. that part-time yep and also just trying to invest in being a full-time athlete without the full-time benefits just trying to focus on that stuff so working part-time and then yeah footy is actually probably that consuming that spare time uh, is not really a thing for me just a quick one how tough is it being branded as this part-time athlete but you know you yourself probably have this really high level of standard that requires full-time commitment how tough is that to deal with i wouldn't say tough it's it's a choice and i like i love it so anything that you you do that you love mm-hmm. tough's never really something that you use to describe it um it's challenging mm-hmm. definitely it can be frustrating at times because i do have such high expectations of myself and i don't believe there's anything um such thing as a part-time athlete um that just kind of doesn't exist in my my head or my world so it's challenging but i i wouldn't i wouldn't change it for the world i mean we're growing towards women's football coming full-time and um, I'm pretty proud to be part of that and kind of be part of that process in in a world where we can have women playing football full-time and financially support themselves the evolution in a way yeah yeah big time yeah and we had a a guest on a couple of weeks ago Nick Butler and big media presenter now you're working in the media and he had a really big blunder once like a really big blunder (laughs) one yeah one (laughs) but one prominent one have you had any blunders yet or you thought oh my god this could go viral or blunders in the media blunders in yeah blunders in in the media uh, not being on the other side of the camera not not in butt's position where you ask the questions um not yet I'm very fresh in the media career, so I'm pretty sure that it'll come. I actually have no doubt it'll come. But I have had a blunder on the other side where I've been interviewed and it was a pre-game interview and it was a question about a team and the way I answered it was quite... I like listened to it back and I'm like, oh, God, you set yourself up there, Chloe. Like, you really set yourself up there. And, yeah, absolutely copped it. Kind of undermined a team in a way and disrespectful um the interpretation became disrespectful and i was a bit like oh it's not what i meant but uh, you kind of can't change well, it. and they probably pinned you up on the wall and said this is what she yeah said. literally i was on the <laughs> web when they were like that one target on their back which is yeah i i was 
I copped it, but it's all right. At the start of this podcast, I called lamb cutlets chicken, so like <laughs> yeah. that's probably my biggest blunder today. I can see. You can see it happening. It's mm. a big blunder. It's a big blunder. It now, is. Josh, you were talking about how we've had Nick Butler on for yeah. the quiz. We've also had Ryan Shelton on for the quiz. Mm. What we thought of Josh was potentially have like a a bit of a leaderboard yeah. for the guests that we have that come and do the quiz. Yeah. Like that day, we both got six, six. I believe, seven. Seven, seven for Bats and six for Ryan. Yeah. All right. So uh, seven for Bats, six for Ryan. Mm-hmm. Can we beat that today, Chloe? I hope so. What is your uh-huh. trivia like? Like, is this something that you guys do, do you enjoy- in yeah. the rooms? Like, there's you a lot of downtime. <laughs> in the rooms. Like, you know, yeah. do you- <laughs> in the rooms, doing yeah. quizzes. So, sorry, coach. Just, um, just who won Eurovision? <laughs> no, but I actually, I have a group of friends when we go for coffee. I nominate myself as the quiz reader oh wow because i but they're really smart and intelligent so to make myself feel better i just read the questions yeah but you're also putting yourself out there with pronunciation yeah Yeah. i believe like you can really see this is why i appreciate you yeah Yeah. see i reckon you're putting it putting it yourself out there so well done to you yeah thanks cutlet shall we get started (laughs) (laughs) because oh cutlets 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 jbl sam um Affairs that are current. Now, what happens is Josh and I rotate between reading the quiz. So, unfortunately, we're going to put you out of your comfort zone a little bit and you're not going to read the quiz. Yeah. Okay. We don't know the answers. So, we work together yeah. to get the answers. Yeah. Achieve a team outcome. Yeah. Done. You know all about that. Team oh, outcome. I hope so. We do. Uh, question one Affairs that are current. Eurovision happened last weekend. Who won? I don't even you- know what happened. <laughs> So I, this I, is a mistake because the other night I was watching SBS yep. and they were about to throw to Eurovision and I turned it off. You, oh, yeah. So you're a bit useless here. I am a bit useless And here. I'm useless because I don't even know what happened. Is it someone, I dare say it'd be someone in Europe. Yep. <laughs> Probably. Thanks for that. Yep. With a vision. Ed Sheeran? Yeah. Would he be, I don't know. Really? Well, I don't know. We can't really have a gold in music. No. <laughs> oh, I'm, pu- I'm actually putting an, an <laughs> yeah. option out there for the team. Um, I've never got the big Eurovision thing. That's because you're not in Europe. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and you don't have a vision. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go with Ed Sheeran. I think we have to just look yeah, it. No, Sometimes you've got to take a guess. Ukraine. So, Josh, Oh, so, so the actual country. <laughs> <laughs> well done to them. Yeah, well done Ukraine. Yeah, they needed that. So they're full on. So it's like the Bromley Lynch quiz where they're team. So they, they do it for their country, right? Yes. Oh. Ah, that was stupid. Yep. That was stupid of us. So, that Josh, it's so nearly dumb. stupider than the cutlet thing. Yes. Josh, <laughs> Kalush Orchestra from Ukraine wins Eurovision Song Contest 2022 yep. with the song Stefania. All right. Yep. It's the third time Ukraine wins Eurovision. Can you All give right. How does Stefania go? Give us your interpretation. <laughs> Stefania <laughs> Perfect Thank you Perfect So we're zero from one Yeah Bad start some would say Bad first quarter This yeah. is a great start Yeah You reckon? Yeah. Uh, affairs that are current well, question high, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We've only got one way to go yeah. Affair- <laughs> Affairs that are current question two What type of truck recently crashed into the Montague Street Bridge in South Melbourne, Victoria? Why do they continue to do this? Do they not know their clearance? Because they are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) 
What what type of truck I think was it's it? Concrete, because I live right near it, and I'm pretty sure I saw a tweet, and it was concrete. So truck. is is this looking for the, oh. the, the the company's name? No. no. So this is a concrete. You want to add a company? Do you? No, no, no. We don't. Want this podcast <laughs> to last? Well, you're adding teams. Yeah. That yeah. you're about to play against. I think a lot more dangerous. You're on to the battlefield afterwards. Yes, I am. Hopefully, I can avoid. We're going with we're going with concrete. I think I think so. Now let's back Chloe in. Oh god, it's a cement mixer. Can we count? That's definitely right. Yes, well done. This is good. The height of the bridge is three meters. So one of the most prominent bridges in Melbourne, and the standard minimum clearance of a bridge is five point four meters. So if you stood on each other's shoulders, would you touch a roof? Not quite. Not quite. That is a short joke. We welcome that. Brian Shelton also went with the short joke, so <laughs> we must be tiny play. in stature. Uh, Josh, so it was three meters. Yeah, the bridge is five point. No, meters. no, no, you idiot! No. I just read it. Okay, Sorry. <laughs> cut that bit out. No, I'm as stupid as a driver. I'm as stupid as a driver. It wouldn't be like a nightly news. Without someone hitting the Montague Bridge. You know, it has a Twitter page. The Montague Bridge has a Twitter page. It should. It's entitled to to do so. It it has a Twitter page. It has a Twitter page. It'd be in in pain a lot, (laughs) wouldn't it? Sam, here we go. It'd be tweeting from its hospital bed a lot. (laughs) Question three Rapper Little Nas X will headline which Australian music festival this year? Well, I know the Falls. Lineup has just been yeah. announced. Yeah. Now, I'm not too sure if that was the music festival that Spill they're talking milk. about. Ooh. That's also been announced. I, I have seen this. Yeah, I reckon it might, because I was reading through, I'm like, Falls Festival, not a bad lineup, but then I read, like, Spilt Milk and I looked at Spilt an artist. An I'm like, geez, that's a good get yeah, for Spilt Milk. It up. So m- maybe it might be the Spilt Milk Festival. Shall we vote? But, but oh. I'm going to go with Chloe, Spilt Milk. Um, I, I, what are you Spilt Milk. Yeah. See, this is where we need it. What was it? Phil's Festival. Yeah. So the Wiggles have also been added to the lineup after Little. Huh? Yeah. Hot potato. Hot potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Lineup after Little Nas X tweeted that he wanted to tour Australia with them. That's but the Wiggles. The Wiggles have a large audience, mate. Ever since that Triple J, yeah. like a version, got number one. Yeah, but like it's because the people now. Grew up like who are going to Falls Festival. Grew up yeah, with the Wiggles, yeah. so like everyone will be in the crowd doing hot potato, cold spaghetti. I still don't rate it though. What the Wiggles? Yeah, no, Ooh. I just can't, like geez. it's just not the same Wiggles we grew up with. Oh yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. different. I, that's, that's, it so was, that's what I mean. We've just been informed by our producer Sam that it'll be the OG. So sleep, wake up, Jeff. Yep, we'll be there. Anthony, Murray, Anthony, Anthony. and Greg, Greg, Greg. Greg. Wish that was a question. We would have got that right. <laughs> uh, we are one of three. Entertainment, art and sport. What tooth this is good. What two thousand eight movie is this quote from? I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Now, I know this. Oh, no. You, no, no, you two know it because you said it exactly yeah, said it how it exactly, sounded. So go yeah. on. This is your time to shine. Uh, this is the movie Taken uh, okay, with Liam Neeson. Just a great easy watch yeah. of someone whose daughter gets abducted. <laughs> easy watch. <laughs> easy. Daughter gets abducted. <laughs> daughter gets abducted by human traffickers. Yeah. Uh, so it's a really easy watch. Easy. But guys, it, spoiler alert, it ends well. Okay, yeah, Liam yeah. Neeson saves the day. Not for the human traffickers. No. <laughs> Should watch it. Taken. Oh, well, well. Easy watch. Yeah. Correct. We uh, are now two from four. four. Question five. 
Okay, entertainment, art, and sport. Which of these songs has the most listens on Spotify? Oh, good one. Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, Shape of You, Ed Sheeran, and Halo, Beyonce. All bangers. Yeah. I don't think Shape of You would have as many. You don't think? Oh, I reckon, I reckon Ed But do you reckon it went, oh, mm, true, because Spotify I, was around. Because I reckon people would listen to Bohemian Rhapsody, but they'd listen to both the Queen version and then the movie version, which is a soundtrack on Spotify. Mm. Yeah, okay. So I'm thinking like they'd be double dipping there. But so, Okay, you're thinking double dipping. But I'm thinking, so I'm thinking Shape of You just brings about Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Like... Lots of people like it. What about the Queen? Halo. I know. No. Beyonce. Mm. Beyonce. It's a tough one. This yeah, is too why fair. the quiz is great. This is good. Right, I'm going with Shape of You. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm inclined to go with the brother. Yeah, and I'm now. You've convinced me. All right, you tell it. It's Shape of You. It's well Shape done. of You. Yeah. Say well right, discussed. Teamwork. Well thought teamwork. out. Can we? What are? What's the order though? Yeah. Do we have? Uh, do we yes, have we order? do have an order. So Shape of You with three billion views or listens. Bohemian Rhapsody is next with. 1.9 billion and the next is halo 1.1 billion oh wow so a lot of listens wow hell of a lot a lot of listens as many listens as this podcast gets Look, just about billions. just about mum's listened nearly three billion <laughs> <laughs> hello mum question six we are three 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 of five. five in the wizard of oz story what are the characters the tin man cowardly lion and the scarecrow looking for respectfully this is good. This, this is, is good. This so is good. Have tin, you seen The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Yeah. So the Tin Man's obviously looking for something. The Lion's looking for something. And the Scarecrow's oh, looking for something. Okay. Tin Man Heart? Yeah. Is it Tin I Man Heart? Right. Yeah. I think the Cowardly Lion is looking for, for some courage. courage. Yep. And the... If the, I only had a brain. brain. The Scarecrow's scarecrow. looking for... The Scarecrow's looking for a brain. You two know that way too well. well Wizard of Oz was... Was prevalent in the Bromley Lynch. Or you household. just associate with and, Scarecrow the most. And our cousin Gemma played Dorothy on stage. It, on stage in, in Melbourne. Have we in it Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, I reckon it's a Tin Man with the, the heart, Cowardly Lion for courage, and then the Scarecrow with a brain. Was anyone else really scared of the witch back Petrified. in the day? Yeah. The monkeys. That yeah, monkey scared me. Yeah. Freaky. Sam, we're, we're, we're almost totally as scary correct. as Amy's. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're correct. We are correct. All three, well, but we don't get to, so we don't get we don't get three for that. No, stealing at one point. Who writes this quiz? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we ask the same question. What are we now? Four, four, six. Four, of four six. six. Oh, my turn. Yep. Chloe and Josh. Question seven. What is the capital city of Portugal? P. Porto. Porto. I think it's Porto. I reckon. No. I reckon it's Porto. No you think it's Porto? I think so. Porto. Just quickly, yeah. who else's Instagram feeds are just full of Australians over in Europe at the moment? My. And yeah. who is going to get sick of them within the next two <laughs> no. weeks? I've muted yeah. them. I actually muted them two days ago. So you just Love don't, it. you don't want to muted see the it. the stories. Yeah. Love it. Don't is there like, that. can you do that from like a specific zone? Can you like mute all, <laughs> yeah. all, all social Europe. media from Europe, European holidays? All from the Eurovision. Yeah. That should yeah. actually be a function on Instagram. Yes. Come on, Zuckerberg. <laughs> Work your magic. Are we going with Porto? Let's go Porto. Lisbon. Lisbon. Yeah. Lisbon. It's the largest city of Portugal and is the 10th most populous urban area in the European Union. Ah. Interesting. How did Portugal go in Eurovision? Don't know. (laughs) Question eight. We are four of seven. Which Australian Prime Minister disappeared in 1967 while swimming? 
Do you know this, Chloe? No. Is it, it's you, Harold Holt. It's, the answer is Harold Holt. Yeah. Um, oh, perfect. Move on then. And <laughs> I, Fuck Harold Holt. Yeah. <laughs> now, interesting enough, Josh, did you want to read the, the answer? Uh, Holt disappeared in Portsea. He had convinced a group of friends to stop at a remote beach. I th- believe the beach might have been called Safety Beach, by the way. He had spearfished there on many previous occasions and claimed to know the beach like the back of my hand. And it was really, really rough. I actually looked into this at the start of the year. Why? I I just was interested. Because I'm like, if this happened in the era of social media and the Prime Minister goes missing, like it would be... It would not... He'd be found within 10 minutes. Yeah, Yeah. and I was asking like... I was trying to ask people around that time, like who were living at that time, like how big was that? Like the Prime Minister goes missing. What did they say? Massive, as you'd expect. How's this for irony? Because when that question was asked, I thought... There's definitely something that's very ironic about this. And it's, I remembered, there is actually a swimming centre called the Harold Holt Swimming Centre. Thoughts? What do you think about that? Is that a bit off-brand? Like, it's not not very tasteful, is it, to call a swimming pool after Harold Holt, who drowned, (laughs) mysteriously drowned? I don't know. It's a bit, it's a bit... uh, It's a bit much. It's a bit left So the city of Stonington need to have a good look at themselves. (laughs) Harold Holt Swimming Centre. Well, you'd hope that all that go there, come out learning how to swim. Exactly right. Beware. The person whose name this is after died doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Question nine. We are five of eight. Yep. Five of eight. Which animal is Rottnest Island famous for? That's over in WA. No, Rotten. Yeah, Rottnest Island is WA. Is it like a croc? Oh. No, it's like that. Is it that bird? Um, yeah, I was that thinking makes a bird really too. Weird sound, like it makes it the quack. Wait, is it in WA? Is it in WA? Yeah, it is in WA. Rottenest. I've got nothing. I was thinking emus. I was thinking you crabs. are obsessed with emus oh, yeah. this morning. Well, they couldn't get rid of them then. Is it is it quackers? I feel like it's quackers. Do we want to go? That's not a bird, but um, what is a quacker? <laughs> I know, it's I, like the little um, fluffy animals that smile. Oh, let's I'm go, go with Quokka. Well done. Well done. Woo! Up your That's butts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, up your butts. <laughs> in, 1960, uh, in 1696, Dutch explorer William de Vlaming uh, mistook them for giant rats, naming the island Rotland. Rotnest, which means the rat nest island. Interesting. Oh, that's ah. incredible. Well done. Good well done, Chloe. See, well lucky done. Western Australia tourism changed that because no one's going to rat nest island. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Are they? No. They're going to rot nest, but if you hear that an island is infested with rats, absolutely not. Not going. Exactly this right. This is what. <laughs> I know. Question before the bonus question. Thoughts on bonus question. Being worth one point, it's a nah. bit weird. Why, Why it call it a bonus then? question? Why call it a bonus question? No, we six far. We're six we're nine. Six. So we need this to Two. equal Nick Butler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How do okay. you feel? Uh, yeah, I'm nervous. Which Australian artist has the fourth most streamed song ever on Spotify? I reckon I might know this. I reckon I might know this. I reckon it's someone current on like the song was created a couple of years ago. I reckon it'd be like, you think it's like someone really common, but I believe it might be like that Tones and I. Do you reckon she's gone up there? That song was massive. And 
I'm thinking it was new. Like everyone was on Spotify, like getting Spotify or on Spotify at that time. It was new to them. Fourth most streamed song ever. I ever. Just have, I have a hunch. Ever. I don't ever. mind the thought process behind this one. I just have a, I have a hunch. Like we were talking before, billions. Do you reckon she's got billions? I reckon you'd be surprised. So she's behind essentially those other three that we had in the question before. Yeah, because what? Who else do you think of? Out of <laughs> Nickelback. Do you know what I mean? All right, let's, I'm going to back you in. Yeah, Tones and I, we're both I think back it's because it's such an iconic song around that time. You also really convincing. Yeah. Yes, exactly right. Tones and I. Well done, Josh. Thank you very much. Well done. There. Well done. With Dance Monkey, and it has two billion. too many numbers. Two, uh, billion. two, two, <laughs> two and a half two billion. Two point five billion streams, which is... An amazing amount That's a for lot. such a weird song. That I'm so proud of you. Thank I know you. we just met, but I'm actually uh, really proud. No, we met at the pub, but you, oh, yeah, didn't, met, you yeah, couldn't yeah. believe you who I was. Back yeah, yeah, I was Sammy back. Then. I was cockeyed. So we ended up on seven out of ten. Yeah, which is a great result for you. So great you result. are equal leader with Nick Butler. Wait, wait, in terms wait, 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 wait. We are. Wait, we yeah. are equal leaders with Nick Butler on the Bromley Lynch uh, trivia guest top list. Nick top list. Um, Chloe, what's been what what are you got planned for the next few months or weeks? And apart from training, is there any trips you're going on? I'm actually going to go to uh, Eurovision. <laughs> I'm planning on go watch Tones and I, yeah, uh, nice. and I'm going to sit down every morning and read the quiz and tighten up on my skills. Yes, because we could get you here in a year and see if we go even you better. Could, if Butts doesn't listen to this episode, you could. Word me up on the quiz And then I'll get all of them right And we can have him sitting there Being like What is she doing oh, I don't mind that We can stitch it. him up I don't mind I think you'd crack it I think so I think so And the se- we will touch on the season yeah. So what does it looking like For the AFLW As we look forward In the next few months I wish I could sit here With a straight answer And tell you what it looks like But unfortunately That is not the circumstance uh, Right now We um, We're doing a lot of work With the PA and the AFL in trying to come to an agreement on what this season, but also um, the future seasons look like because they have come out and said by 2026 we want to be full-time and, yeah, we just need to come to a mutual agreement as to what that uh, evolution looks like to mm-hmm. 2026. And, yeah, we just um, are yet yet to know, unfortunately. Josh, you know what I love about the passion from the current AFLW players yeah. about getting it full time is that it's probably not going to affect them because a lot of them will have to retire mm. by the time yeah, it's actually full time it's the fact that they're doing it for the generations ahead for the young girls now and for the young girls of the future yeah, i mean yeah. that's something to really hold your hat on you are you, you're spot on there and actually like had a, a phone call with mum the other day and i sent her the article that came out in the in the herald sun it was a double page spread just mm. um kind of putting out the thoughts and feelings of a lot of afw players and um she was like, it's so good that you're doing this for the generation. Like exactly what you said then, because I'm 23. So I like I might reap some benefits on the yeah. back end of my career, but probably not. And um, I, I am pretty proud of like how much we are fighting towards this. And it's probably the most united that um, the AFW league or in any sporting league has kind of been um, in, in a situation like this. That's that awesome. brilliant. 
Beautiful. Thank you. Awesome, yeah. Thank well, you I very much. Looking good today. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you very so much. You have bro. come on and just dominated. Yeah. This quiz. You've brought the vibe, which yeah. is what we love. Yeah. You know, like we love right. vibe enthusiasts. We we call them battery chargers. Yeah. Ooh. There's two types of people in this world. We call them battery chargers or there's battery drainers. Okay. You today have charged our battery. I think there's a lot of charges here. To be fair. Beautiful. There is. There we is in the room. We, and you know what we always say to each other when we end? I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Thanks, Chloe. Love you. Thanks, Chloe. <laughs> love you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe and join the family. And follow us on Instagram at Bromley Lynch. You won't regret it.